Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of the Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of the Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Blog Talk Radio. your business today. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host, Vice President of Apple Capital Group. Today our show topic is Adoption, the Gladney Way. Our special guest is Jennifer Lanner, Public Relations Officer and Director of Outreach at Gladney Center for Adoption. We invite you, if you have any questions, to dial in. Number is 347-324-3460, 347-324-3460, or you can post a question in the chat room. If you call in to the conference bridge, we ask you to press the uh, number one on your keypad to indicate that you have a question. And please turn down your radio uh, before you come online so we don't get any feedback. Before we get started, uh, we're going to play a video uh, that's on the Gladney Center of Adoption uh, uh, website from WFAA. So we're going to play that real quick and then we're going to uh, have Jennifer online. Uh, please hold for the video. Thank you. There's an important story to tell in the Barnett, finding progressive ways to get the energy North Texas and America needs, protecting air and water, being a good neighbor, powering progress. Learn more at barnettprogress.com. They are here today to share the ultimate blessing, the ultimate gift, just in time for the holiday, their five-month-old daughter, Lily, and she is a gem. And today, December 13th, 2011, will mark the day that this adoption is official. Yes, sir. We are very excited, and we're, we're thankful. She's truly a blessing. <laughs> now, let's start, if we can, because we want to talk about how she's really helped to make your family whole after what's been an amazing, really, ordeal for all of you. Your destiny, you had said, Carl, was, was to serve in the military, and in 2004, you were deployed and injured the first time. Yes, sir. Um, in uh, May of 04, uh, May 30th, uh, I got hit by a 500-pound um, belly shot. I mm-hmm. went off underneath the Humvee. I was riding in on patrol in Baghdad, and... Uh, Received uh, numerous injuries and wounds and shattered legs. Put me up almost a year to get put back together. So you, so you get put, you literally, as you say, had to be put back together. Mm-hmm. You battle back. You and your wife Joy decide you're going to start a family, and 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 you're happy to acknowledge that adoption is the way to go for people who find out they can't have children for, for whatever reason. And then you're deployed again. Yes, sir. 
And as you're deployed again, you're injured yet a second time. And at that moment, I mean, the list of injuries is, is really astounding. Did you know your life had really changed at that moment forever that there wouldn't be a third chance? I still haven't. Uh, <laughs> you still haven't really come I still to haven't come to terms with there's not going to be a third one. Um, kind of wrapped up in this army deal. Um, but, you know, um, I can't put her and definitely can't put Lily through another possibility of getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, that's amazing. That's amazing to me because it speaks to your passion for serving your country. That that um, despite what you've been through, you still want to be able to serve. So Joy, he comes back, and I mean, it was touch or go. Yeah. You weren't sure if he was going to make it. No. Um, uh, they told told me he was injured. How severe he was injured. Um, I asked if he was going to live, and, and the answer typically is yes. At this point in time, he is. Mm -hmm. So you never know. Um, of course, the first time he got injured, eight days, not knowing yes right. or no, back and forth. So as he's battling back, he's at Walter Reed. Yeah. Um, you thought, as a family, that you would have to put your plans on hold yeah. to have a family and expand your family. And at some point, Gladney, which was the agency you were working with, mm -hmm. said what to you about that? They told us not to worry, take our time. They were there. Um, they would be there. They were going to be beside us 110%, and they were. And they were never you, gave up. Were you concerned that Carl's injuries might hold you back in some way? Um, we knew we would adopt eventually. Um, we worried about, he had so many injuries, his facial trauma. Lots of times when you have facial trauma, people think, well, maybe brain damage, you know. We thought people would judge you. Yes, we because, did. Because you weren't the image yes. of a perfect family. And it's so hard. You judged. It's hard. You walk around and uh, we have a lot of friends that, you know, that are burn victims and people do judge. And I, I think a lot of it is curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, and but that was not the case at Gladney. In fact, they no. gave you, it sounds to me in talking to you before this, they gave you the nudge that you needed yes. to realize that while he was recovering, you did not have to put your family in the home. Definitely, definitely. They, um, we would, <laughs> you know, we turned in our paperwork. We did what we needed to do. They supported us, like I said, 110%. They encouraged us. They told us it was going to be okay. They were going to help us. I, I want you to family. tell me, what would you say, I guess Megan was your caseworker? Yes, sir. What would you say to Megan if you had that chance? Um, thank you. Uh, she's truly an angel for us. I'm so mm. glad to because we have her. You know what, why don't you use this as an opportunity to maybe thank her in person? How's that? Megan is here now. This is Megan Person. She's the Gladney <laughs> caseworker who works with the family. And, uh, yeah, you've brought them a little something. Well, Megan. I did. I brought you a gift today. I just wanted to be here to congratulate you. I can't believe I haven't seen you since your adoption. We've talked a lot on the phone. But, um, you know, when I when I learned that your profile was going out to this first mom and she had chosen you and you guys didn't even know, um, she said something. The very first thing that she said was that she could never have found a family to teach her child to be as brave as you guys are. And so that's what she was looking for. I mean, she wasn't looking at the superficial. She was looking at what was on the inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, as a caseworker, I believe in this process that the right child is matched to the right family. And this is no different. I mean, and I would say the right caseworker matched the right, the right family as well. Okay, you guys have me going in now. All right. So that is the ultimate gift. We have it right here. There she is, little Lily. And keep doing what you're doing, Carl. I know that it's been a tough road back, and you are an example to so many people. Enjoy you guys. Congratulations on making your family whole this holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. For more information on having your own adoption miracle, you can go to Gladney.org, and we will be right back in just a minute.
Great. That was courtesy of WFAA uh, in Dallas, Texas. Jennifer, are you still online? I am, Tim. Great. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I've seen a lot of these stories from WFAA for the past year, and uh, it was just wonderful stories, and really tell us, kind of give you an insight about gladdening themselves, uh, how compassionate they are, how caring, how they take really the the client by hand and walk them through that process as, so it's not as a scary a thing. Uh, oh. it's, a, it's a new process for, you know, for families and they're scared, they don't know if they're going to be accepted or the birth mother is going to accept them or not or are they ever going to get a child and you know, someone do fertility treatments from this or that. But it looks like it's like a caring and compassionate hand that's there with you to hold you all through the way. And uh, we really, I know, uh, we really, and as a community, really appreciate that. But to begin with, can you tell us about uh, Gladney history, how they came to be, and where they are today? Sure, I would love to. And thank you for saying such kind things about Gladney. We really are an agency dedicated to the care and compassion of our clients. This year we celebrate our 125th anniversary, so we've been doing this for a long time. We're one of the oldest and largest adoption agencies in the country. In fact, we were started in 1887 by Reverend I.Z.T. Morris. He was a Methodist minister in Fort Worth, and he would see these children get off orphan trains and it just broke his heart that these sweet children did not have homes. And back then, children were actually, this is where the term put up for adoption came from. It's actually a really negative term and a term that we don't use today. But the children were, they would get off the train and they would be put up on these little pedestals, these little homemade stages. And people in the audience would choose a child. Usually they chose the older, stronger children because they used those children for farm hands. Reverend Ozzy T. Morris thought this was a horrible practice and really felt a deep desire to make sure that these sweet children had forever loving homes. So he would take home the children that were not adopted, and then he and his wife, Belle, would set out to find homes for these children. He did this for a really long time until his death, and then Belle took over, which was very unusual for a woman to head an agency at that time, and she actually implemented social workers in the field. So she would, after the children went home with their new families, she would have a social worker go check on them in a few months to see if everybody was doing okay. She did that for a number of years until her death. And then the board of directors asked Mrs. Gladney, who had been a fundraiser um, before that, to head the agency. And she kind of hemmed and hawed and said, you know what, I will, I'll do it for a year Instead, she stayed for 33 years, and she did two really important things for adoption. The first thing that she did is she really believed that a child should not be labeled even at birth. So back then, children, if they were born out of wedlock, were stamped with the word illegitimate on their birth certificates. So she lobbied to have that removed and was very successful. And the second thing that she did is she believed that adopted children should have the same inheritance rights as biological children. Back then, if if the parents died of, uh, they were the parents of an adopted child, that estate would go to some other relative who was, quote, unquote, a blood relative. She thought that was horribly unfair and, and lobbied to have that changed. Also, a movie, Blossoms in the Dust, uh, starring Greer Garson and Walter Pigeon, was made about Mrs. Gladney in the 40s. 
It premiered in Fort Worth, Texas, which was a really big deal even back then. It was a Hollywood premiere. And she was very excited about this movie because um, she felt like it was an opportunity to tell the story of adoption. She actually became very close friends with Gary Garson, and after Mrs. Garson passed away, she left her part of her estate to the Gladney Center. So wow. Gladney has a very long and rich history. We're really proud of our history. We're proud that we've been around 125 years. We plan to be around 125 more years at least. Our mission is creating bright futures through adoption, and we truly live that. We not only do domestic adoptions, but we are also working in other countries as well as trying to find children in this country forever homes. So we're very dedicated to our mission. Wow. And the adoption process itself, uh, thank you for that, that history. I mean, it's really touching to find out. It's kind of like... If you go back 125 years, the older kids are the ones that people wanted, and the infants now is just the opposite um, in one sense. that uh, Let's go through kind of that process of, I know you have domestic international adoption. Mm-hmm. Can you explain about uh, the what the domestic program is and what's the international program? Sure. I'm excited that we have so many uh, different adoption programs because as as parents are seeking to adopt, and they do that for a variety of reasons, Jen, sometimes people are are struggling through infertility and, and they really want to turn to adoption. And sometimes they believe that they're called to adopt, meaning they have their family intact, they're not infertile, but they feel like they're supposed to help another child in another country. And uh, and they felt really a need to do that. Our domestic program is our what we call our infant program. So that is um, people who are searching for a newborn infant may be more drawn to the domestic program. And that means that Gladney works with women who are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy, and they may uh, not be able to raise their baby at this time for a variety of different circumstances, and they want to make a plan for their baby, so they turn to adoption. So usually what happens is the birth mom is seeking a family to raise her baby, and adoptive parents put together like a little scrapbook, a little profile book of their lives. Mm-hmm. And the birth moms that we're working with tell us what they're interested in as far as the adoptive parents, and her criteria could range from, you know, well, I, I really want a, a family that is Baptist, has a child in the home already, and a dog and a cat. Or it could be, you know, maybe faith is not important to her. Maybe she wants a family that has a stay-at-home mom and lives on a farm. Whatever it is, we pull the profile books from the adoptive parents that we're working with and and give her the profiles that, that um, match her request. She goes through those books, and when she finds a profile book that she likes, um, she tells her caseworker, and the adopt the adopt the birth mother caseworker sets up a phone call meeting between the birth mother and the adoptive parents. If that meeting goes well, then we set up a face to face meeting, and it's usually at lunch, and it's between the birth mother and her caseworker, and the adoptive parents and their caseworker. I think one thing that's unique about Gladney, and I, and I really believe this with my whole heart, that this is important. The birth mother has her caseworker, and the adoptive parents have their caseworker. So they each have an advocate. They each have someone to walk this walk with them, to to hold their hand, and really go through this journey together. 
if this face-to-face meeting goes well, then that's considered a match, and the adoptive parents and birth mom can keep communicating and keep talking to each other. Um, right before the baby is born, the adoptive parents and the birth mother make out what we call a post-adoption agreement. It's where they agree how often the birth mom will receive letters and updates from the adoptive parents. Um, and then, and and then, she, you know, we just they just wait for the baby to be born. So it's really, in some ways, a lot like experiencing a biological birth. I mean, you have the same feelings, feelings of anticipation, feelings of thinking about your baby and wondering what that's going to be like. The only difference is that, that that someone else is carrying that baby, but adoptive parents typically go into the adoption process very unsure and very scared of the birth mother process. But once they get to know their birth mother, and understand where she's coming from, then they develop a very close bond. And it really is, I can speak from experience, I'm also an adoptive parent, as are many people at Gladney. That's one reason we understand the process so well, is you you really understand that this young woman, it's not that she's making a plan for her baby because she doesn't love her baby or doesn't want her baby. It's really just the opposite, Tim. She loves her baby more than anything in the whole world, and she cannot provide the things that she needs or wants for her baby at this time. So she's making a parenting plan for her baby. It just involves finding the right parents. And so it's a very um, intense process for both the adoptive parents and the birth mom. I always say that really, and this is the truth, adoptive parents are coming to us in a place of pain and hurt. They usually have been trying to have a baby for several years nothing's worked, they've seen people in their lives get pregnant and have babies, and, and it's hurtful. It's it, You know, you, you feel this emptiness in, in you, at least I did, and then a birth mom is coming to us and also in pain. She's unsure of what to do. She's broken because she didn't expect this pregnancy. Um, usually she's dealing with this alone 85% of the time. The the birth father has left, and she's in this relationship by herself and making this plan by herself. And so what's amazing to me is that you take these two hurting individuals and where they would never meet in any other world, and all of a sudden through circumstance and through and through a little bit of pain, they come together, and they are making a plan for this one baby, this one child, this miracle. And so together they're making a parenting plan. And the adoptive parents, that hole that they've been experiencing, that special person that's been missing from their family is with them. And it's an amazing process to watch. Now, on the other hand, intercountry adoption is also very exciting because so many different things have to align for the miracle of this child. Um, children are um, in orphanages in other countries. They, other countries don't have the foster care system that we have in place. And so they're, you know, the adoptive parents are going on this journey to find their child. And part of the process is understanding what country is right for your family, understanding the different rules and regulations. That's where Gladney kind of comes in and makes sure the adoptive parents um, really understand every part of the process, the paperwork process, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's much like domestic adoption in that the, birth, the adoptive parents will receive a referral from the country that they've been working with of a child. It's usually a picture and some information. So they see this sweet baby, this sweet child. It can be um, anywhere from 12 months old or really nine months old to, you know, in some cases 18 years old, depending on what the adoptive parents are open to. 
And once they receive that referral, then they just wait to travel to go pick up their baby. And many, many times the adoptive parents say, you know, we first got there and first held our baby. We knew this was the baby that was right for us or the child that was right for us. And that's that's an amazing thing to be part of that process too. So each international and domestic have have kind of their their different systems and programs in place, but with the same end result. I'm also proud to say that Gladney has an amazing um, new beginnings program, which means that we work directly with the state of Texas and help place children in foster care. We're very dedicated to this. We've been really successful. So we also have a, a foster care system that, that's that's unbelievable as well. Wow. Now, with your work with the state, do you also uh, you just place the children who have been uh, uh, rights been taken by the parents, or you just put them temporary? You kind of help coordinate the foster care for that for that child until the state decides what they're going to do. No, we don't work with any. Um, we don't work with foster parents at all. It's, Okay. In our new beginnings program, it's um, all the children that we place in that program. The parental rights have already been terminated. Oh wow! So um, what we do at Gliding with that program is we work very closely with the state and and helping to find the children or the the right parents for the child because oftentimes um, the children in the state foster care system sadly have been victimized and usually they've been victimized over and over again. So they're in some ways broken. So it's the adoptive parents' job to kind of help put them back together and help them understand that there is love and that there's trust in the family. One of the things that breaks my heart about um, children in foster care is sometimes, you know, when you when when we put our children to bed, we tell our children that there's you know not any monsters in the world and that everything's going to be okay and sleep tight. Well, with these children. They have experienced monsters, and sadly, and so sadly, and it breaks my heart, the monsters have been their mommies and daddies. Mm-hmm. And so they're really, really sad and broken. And it's our job as an agency at Gladney to teach the parents that we're working with how to heal these children and how to put them back together again. So a huge component of our New Beginnings program is education and support from our side. It's really important, and and I work with the National Council for Adoption in Washington, D.C. as well. I'm a lead master trainer for them. And one of the things that's so important is any adoption agency that you're working with, when you first decide that adoption is right for your family and you start looking at the different resources, the adoption agency will be the most important part of the process. It's important that you trust the adoption agency. It's important that you respect them. It's important that you respect the work that they've done and that you have the support that you need. One of the things that I'm most proud about at Gladney is we have a slogan internally that we always say, and it's family for life. And really, it really is a family, and it means that we're going to be here today, tomorrow, and 50 years from now for you. We're going to help, you know, we're going to help you navigate this parenting journey that you're on. We're not here just to see you get your child and then that's it. We're here to help you understand your child, how to take care of your child, how to get the education that you need to be the best parent possible. Wow. Now, when you say about the after family for life, I, I'm making sure I'm reading this correctly. You also provide counseling for families uh, after post-adoption? 
Yes. So the the counseling never goes away. So if you need us, you know, say things are are going just, you know, dandy and great. And then all of a sudden, maybe you hit a bump in the road when your child is 13 or maybe they're having some, you know, maybe they're having some issues with adolescence and and their child has all kinds of adoption questions or whatever. We're here for them. I mean, we're here to help answer those questions. We can talk to your child. We can counsel them. I mean, it's not it's just not here today, gone tomorrow. It's really about the entire journey. Okay, well that's that's a great program. So again, that is available after uh adoption. Yes, and it's a free service. Okay. Um back to the uh, the the process um for adoption. When a family comes in, uh it, I know you have an orientation. Can you tell us about that day of orientation? Sure. Orientation day at Gladney is one of my very favorite days. It's the day that um what happens when adoptive parents are inquiring about um, adoption and looking into the adoption process, we invite adoptive parents each month to come, potential adoptive, adoptive parents to come to Gladney and learn about the process. So they spend an entire day at Gladney um, learning about the A's disease of adoption. So they come, and what's exciting for me is that they, you know, often when you're going through infertility, you feel very alone and you feel isolated because other people around you can get pregnant and they're so excited in their joy. And there are lots of different losses associated with infertility. You you mourn the loss of not being able to surprise your husband with the news that you're adopted, not being able to surprise your family with the news, I mean, that you're pregnant, not being able to surprise your family with the news that you're pregnant. So often they just feel very alone. But what's exciting about orientation is the adoptive parents come in and they look around and they see for the first time, wait a minute, there are all these other people here with me. I'm not alone. Other people are experiencing this. And I always say that orientation is a very intimate event because both the husband and the wife are kind of nervous. They don't know what to expect, and they sit down. They see the other people, and then they hear a president gets up in the first thing in the morning, and he says, listen, welcome to the Gliding Center. We're so excited that you're here, and you can just feel this energy in the air. And one of the things he says is, you know, I'm going to tell you something different than you've been hearing from other from other places, from from the medical community. I'm here to say that if you're honest with us and you do your paperwork, there is a 100% chance that you will have your child. And so that's the first time that a lot of people have heard that because they've been dealing with, well, if you do this treatment, there's a 50% chance that you could get pregnant, and if you do this, and there's a 30% chance. And so they're hearing for the first time, and you look around the room, and you see husbands and wives, you know, embrace each other, are kind of holding hands and rubbing each other's backs, and it's just a really sweet time. And then they get up, then we have somebody from every department talk about and explain the adoption process. We have the vice president of adoption standing up and talking about um, what to expect. And we have our legal, our attorney talking about the legal side of adoption. We have our director of birth mother services talking about the girls in the dorm and why they come here. And then we have a birth mother panel. So actually 
real young women who are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy and making an adoption for their baby are talking to these adoptive parents and telling them why they're doing this. Then they have breakout sessions with the um, social workers that they're assigned to that will be their caseworker through the journey, and they go through the application process step by step so they have a really great understanding of the process. Really, we want our adoptive parents to be empowered. We want them to understand the process. We want them to understand what's going to be happening. And also understand that as difficult as this is to understand and to accept, that there is a certain amount of loss of control. I mean, once they do the paperwork and once they do their home study, then comes the hard part, and that's just sitting back and waiting for a birth mom to choose them. And that can be really hard for a lot of people, and that can be the hardest part of the process. But I will always say that we have a 100% success rate. Every adoptive parent that we work with gets matched to a baby. It may not be in the exact moment or time that they have in mind, but it happens. The average wait at Gladney is between one year and 15 months. So it's not as long as some people may think. Now, that's with all their paperwork turned in and all that kind of stuff. But the average wait is between 12 months and 15 months. Okay, from start to finish. Okay, great. Now, still back on the that day of orientation, have a talk meet. So they they come in, and how often do you have these type of events? How often do we have the orientation? The orientation. Uh, we have it every month. Okay, and it's all day, pretty much. It's all day long. It's from nine o'clock in the morning until basically three or four in the afternoon. Okay. So they come out. I will say the adoptive parents leave exhausted. You know, when you have that much information given to you in a relatively short amount of time, there's a lot of information to digest. Okay. But it's a good day. And then we also have, and this is something that I'm that I'm also excited about, because I think it's important. We have, well, unique in the fact that we have GFAs, Gladney Family Associations. So that mm-hmm. means that we have 16 Gladney Family Associations across the United States, and they're bands of adoptive parents who are in kind of like these little clubs. These, the, This is a club. And they get together for support, education, empowerment, and so their kids who are adopted can have can always know other kids who are also adopted, and they can, you know, talk about things. I mean, I said earlier that we're a family for life, and this is absolutely the case. This is that in action. These are our GFAs helping to support all of our families. Okay, so those uh, groups come together so the child will know what it's like to be adopted and be able to socialize with other children? Exactly. You know, one thing that um, people ask me a lot is, you know, when do you tell children they're adopted? Well, since adoptions are, Gladney does what we call um, most of our adoptions. I mean, 90% of our domestic adoptions, well, actually probably 99%, are semi-open to open. So that means that the birth mother, you know, chooses the adoptive family. She receives letters and pictures until a certain period of the child so she doesn't have to wonder how the child is doing. Well, because adoptions are so open now and because adoption is such a common thing that affects so many Americans um, in our country each year, they're they're there's no need to hide it. It's not a shameful thing. So like with our son, we just always, he just always knew he was adopted. There wasn't this big conversation. We had a picture of his birth mom in his room from the time he was a baby. Um, we would read adoption story books, books to him. And so 
children just know they're adopted now because it's part of their birth story. So there's not this big conversation, you know, when they're 15, oh, by the way, we need to tell you you're adopted. That's not fair to the child. It's actually not fair to the birth mom. It's not fair to the family. So, you know, this is a, a really great evolution that's taken place in adoption over the last 20 years, and it's extremely healthy and good. Wow. And on the process itself, I mean, this is a great explanation. On the process itself, um, when you go to the the workshop, uh, you mentioned that they go through, I mean, you have staff to talk about the legal experts, the financial. Um, on the financial end of it for a family, is it, are the fees are based on the income or are there any grants or loans they can be they can take out to kind of help with the cost? You know, I, I do get the question a lot about cost for adoption. I think it's important that people understand that, I, I, and this is so important to me, mm-hmm. that adoptive parents are not paying for the baby. So okay. what they're paying for are the services that they receive in the process. Gladney is a completely nonprofit organization, and all of our services to our birth moms are free, totally free. All the education, all the live-at-home program, all the live-at-Gladney programs, the food, the medical care, all of that is free to the birth mom. So the adoptive parents are assessed a fee, and it's basically on a sliding scale of their income. Okay. Um, so it can range from also... So it's based on a sliding scale of their income. In addition, we have a program at Gladney, the New Beginnings Program, the state foster care program that I was talking about a few minutes ago, is a totally free program. The adoptive parents have to pay for um, like a home study from from the organization, but that's it. They don't have any um, adoption fees, and then there is a minimal court fee when the adoption is finalized. So that that program is free. But the other programs are based on the sliding scale of the couple's income. Okay. And can you talk about what is the home study? The home study is, that's actually a requirement of the adoption process. It's required by the state of Texas, and every state has their own adoption laws, but usually a home study is a a really important part of that. But that's when a licensed social worker comes into your home and really evaluates your home life. Is it safe and good and healthy for a child? Are Are the husband and wife on the same page as far as the adoption process? Um, is is there how was you know how was that family raised? So they'll interview you together as a couple, and then also separately, and and ask you things like how do you feel about discipline? How do you feel about loving a child that is not biologically yours? How do you feel about relinquishing control to the adoption process? And um, just really understanding you as kind of as a couple and as individuals and understanding where you're coming from as far as part of your desire to have a child. And so once that is done, um, that is part of the adoption record. And, you know, that's that's how we assess. At Gladney, that's one tool we use to assess if, if these adoptive parents are the right fit for um, our program and if they're, if they're in a position to be good parents to a child. Great. I have a copy of um, the uh, your orientation that day. I mean, mm-hmm. it's free of charge. It doesn't cost anybody anything. But for before you even get to this point, they have to actually approve you. Uh, can you talk about that process uh, before you get to this point of having that day of orientation? Uh, how do you go through the process of approving? Because you don't approve everybody. 
Uh, can you talk about that process? Sure. Glidey does have a set of criteria that's pretty strict, um, you know, mostly because we're making a promise to the birth moms that we're working with that we're going to find the best the best possible parents for her baby. So um, adoptive parents have to be married at least one year. They have to be between the ages of 24 and 45. They cannot have a criminal record. Um, and they have to be able to pass a criminal background check and not have, you know, anything on their criminal record at all. Um, they have to be in reasonable, um, good medical health, and um, they have to be a, you know, they have to let us do the home study. So um, if they, when they're inquiring about our services, there's a little information sheet that they fill out in the very, very initial stages, and um, we kind of get that sheet, access the, you know, the criteria that I mentioned, and if they need all those criteria, then they're invited to orientation. So then after that, they attend orientation, and if if they, whatever they learned about Glidney that day, if they think that that's a good fit, then they're, um, they take home the application, and the application process takes between three and six months to complete, depending on how quickly the adoptive parents turn around. But there is a um, significant amount of paperwork, and then the home study, and then um, and then after they complete the, the paperwork, then they start on their profile, which for me, for whatever reason, and I've heard other adoptive parents say this, the profile process was actually the hardest. To me, it was hard to put, you know, this this family that is so dynamic and 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 exciting on paper. I mean, how do you how do you put your family on paper and in photos? So, I spent a long time agonizing over what I wanted our profile or scrapbook to look like because I knew it would be the first introduction to the birth mother, and I wanted to make sure that um it really captured our family honestly and 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 also, you know, it showed who we are. So, once that was complete, then comes kind of the next hardest part, and that's just submitting that and then waiting for a birth mom to choose you. And like I said before, that could be anywhere from the very first time that profile goes out to, you know, 12 to 15 months from then. It just depends. Okay. And this profile is, as you mentioned, you went through the process as well. It's you make a uh, diary of pictures or something, and and those books Normally, we'll go to the uh, the birth mother for review. Mhm. Okay. Yes. So the so once the you know the books are completed, then um, it goes to the caseworker and we file them, and we keep a record of the of the um, of the profile book. And when adoptive parent caseworkers um, meet each week with the birth parent caseworkers. The birth parent caseworkers give the adoptive parents a list of their clients and what they're looking for in adoptive parents. We then pull the profile books that meet the descriptions for each of those birth moms and give them each a stack of profiles to go through. And so they can look through the profile books and, and choose a couple that's right for them. One thing that I'm totally intrigued by in the adoption process is what why a birth mom chooses the adoptive parents that she does. So I love to ask them that question, and more often than not, they'll say, you know, it was just a feeling. It was just I was going through the books, and all of a sudden I picked up one book, and I just knew. And to me, that is that's so affirming to just kind of the divinity of the adoption process itself. I mean, you know, there this is something that is I, I firmly believe that every adoptive parent is matched with the child that is 
that is the best fit for the child and for the adoptive parents. I just think it's an amazing how that works out. Our child, our son, is people stop me all the time, and he's six years old, and tell us how much he looks like his dad, and how he has my sense of humor, and he they would know a mile away that he was our child. Well, they a lot of people don't know that he's adopted, and it's just a testament to you know the process and. The integrity that goes into it, and that the adoptive parents really do. I think there's there's something bigger pushing them to, or or or, or putting them in the direction that they do to pick the adoptive parents. I, I just I think that's amazing. Wow. So it can put another spin on to genetics and environment. Which one actually creates the person itself? It uh, does. One of the. This is kind of a silly story about myself, but when. My husband and I were going through the adoption process. I, the thing that I was the most worried about, we had we already had a biological child. We experienced secondary infertility. And I was so worried. We're a real funny family. We have a really goofy sense of humor, and we're just real irreverent, and we just have a good time. I said, Tom, what if, what if he's not funny? What if... What if our child is is so different than us? And he was like, "Oh, I'm, don't worry about that." Uh, you know, kind of blew me off, honestly. Well, one of the things that I think is so ironic is our son is hilarious. I mean, he's the, he's identified as a class clown. And what I learned after our adoption is that sense of humor is a learned behavior, which I did not know. I thought it was a, I, I really thought that it was an inherited trait. Um, but and he is, I think, just naturally. He was funny as a baby. He would try to make people laugh, and so I think that's such a testament to, the, again, to the adoption process and what happens, and you know, the fact that I was really worried about not having a funny child, and now, honestly, today at two o'clock this afternoon, I'm meeting with his teacher to talk about how we can tone down his class clown abilities. <laughs> <laughs> so be careful what you ask for. Wow. And um, so in this process, when you pick the – you can't choose if you want a boy or girl. It's, it's like you go into right. normal pregnancy. It's, it's, if it's a boy or a girl, that's what it is. You it is. Have- it's just like that. It's just like the biological process. Um, now, if you're adopting inter- you know, through an international country, sometimes you can choose the sex of your child, but not in the domestic program. Okay. Great. Now, I've been through actually the, the that orientation. This was totally free, as I recall. And again, it's a room full of uh, 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 couples there. And I think you guys color code them by teams. And uh, everybody sits around, is what, like 10 round tables or something with uh, mm-hmm. five, six different teams. They talk about the process. And of course, like you said, they had an attorney to talk about. The aspects of the legal part, you have a person talk about finance, you have another uh, talk about, uh, uh, you played a video called Megan's Story, it gives mm-hmm. the view of the birth mother, and then you have, you break out in sections, and then you do sit there and you see all these uh, booklets of uh, different families and uh, how they're telling these stories. Now, what I did notice that this actually is nationwide because a lot of families will come throughout the whole country. So is there a database that is shared between all the agencies? And Because I know one couple came from New York, another couple came from Las Vegas. Uh, is that the way this actually works? or? 
Yeah, we have couples come from um, basically all over the country. And so um, if they're working with Gladney, they're just working with Gladney. I mean, we we have different regional offices, and so um, we're all the same. I mean, we're the same. This is just where the home office is. So there's not any difference in the level of service or even the process for adoptive parents that are out of the state. Okay. We also work with birth moms from all over, too. Okay, so birth mothers can come through anywhere from uh, anywhere in this particular country, and you have different agencies throughout the uh, country called Gladney? Or? Yes, we have different um, regional offices throughout the country, but they're, I mean, they're Gladney. They're just smaller offices. One of the main differences in the Fort Worth offices is that's where we actually have a maternity home. We're one of the few adoption agencies in the whole country that have a maternity home, so that means that women who are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy can actually come and live at the Gladney Center and be with other girls who are experiencing similar situations and get the support that they may need. I will say that while our dorm is an amazing resource and it's actually a it's it's quite beautiful. I mean, we have a swimming pool and a workout facility. It's a really nice place for for women. Um, most of the girls that we work with, and I call them girls only because I'm an old lady. They're, the average age of a birth mom is between the ages of um, we have we've had girls as young as 11, unfortunately, in our dorm, and as old as 42. The average age of the woman that we work with is around 20 years old, which is a little bit older than some people might think. But most of the women that we work with choose to live at home, meaning they they may already have other children, they have a job maybe, um, they have an apartment, and they can't just pick up and leave their life. So they work with Gladney um, through their own community, and they can still have the same services as the girl that lives in the dorm or the woman that lives in the dorm. She'll have a caseworker that she meets with regularly. We'll help support all her pregnancy-related expenses and her medical care, all those kinds of things. And I did take a look at those dorms, and, I mean, it is beyond, I, I can't really describe it, uh, how nice it is. Uh, uh, we're thinking of a dormitory like in college. I mean, it's... it's yeah, I think more of a spa. <laughs> I, it, it's much more, when I, the first time I saw our, I, I've worked at Gladney for 13 years, and um, 10 years ago, our, through the generosity and support of our adoptive families, we were able to build a new building and dorm um, primarily so our birth moms would have a beautiful, safe environment. And the first time I saw the dorm, I, I literally could not believe it. It's it's a very tranquil, beautiful uh, place that, you know, like I mentioned, has the pool. Most girls have a private room. Um, it's very, um, the girls, it's very structured. The girls have their responsibilities. They're, they have to keep their dorm room clean. They have to respect other individuals. That's a really important part of the program. Mm -hmm. They um, Every night they have dinner together. They take turns making a menu and cooking dinner. So while they're at Gladney, they're not only just staying here to make an adoption plan, but they're learning valuable life skills like budgeting and making a menu and cooking and cooking together, learning to do projects together and teamwork. They also have different activities throughout the week that they can attend, movies and shopping. Um, if they go to school, then um, they go, They a bus picks them up every day and they can go to school. But a lot of girls, um, sometimes they even work while they're in the dorm and they have their own car and they come and go. I mean, it's a very lively, vivacious part of, of Gladney and what we do. And um, as a staff member and, all, and 
of course, as an adoptive parent, I have an immense respect for the women that we that we work with, and I love getting to know these women. One of the one of the programs that I'm very excited about, and so um, just so thankful that we have, is called our Next Steps program. Mm-hmm. So that means that women who are going through our program. They're not only making a plan for their baby, but at the same time, they're making a plan for themselves. They work with a caseworker. Her name is Beth Cox. And her job, um, I love talking to her because she's so articulate and she's so passionate about her job. Mm-hmm. But I asked her one time, I said, now, Beth, tell me what you do. Tell me about your job. I, and she said, you know, I think the first thing that I do with all the women that I work with is teach them how to dream. Sometimes they've been so beaten down by society or they've been victimized over and over again, they don't really know what they're capable of. And so I teach them how to dream, and then once they have a dream, we start working on the steps to accomplish that dream. And I think that's so amazing because the women that we're working with, when they leave Gladney, they're continuing that dream. They're continuing their education or maybe they've gotten the the job that they've always dreamed of. But they're in a different place than when they came in, and that's our goal. That is our goal, to take someone who's gone through kind of a hard time to help them make a plan for their life, for their child, a parenting plan, and then a, a plan for their life, and to help them understand that they are in control of their life and that they do have a say in what happens to them. And so they can we can take them from a victim to a survivor. And that's really the essence of what we do in our birth mother program. Wow. Let's take a like a two minute break and play uh, a video which you will hear uh from Gladney T V to have Jessica adoption story. Is that a birth mother case? Um, Jessica is a um, she's a birth mom that made an adoption plan through Gladney. Okay, no problem. Let me go ahead and play that so they can get uh, the uh, the birth mother's view about the story. This story probably is three minutes total. Then we'll talk about the uh, the rest of the process. Yeah. Hey, I have your keys. My mom, she's been there when I had no one. So 
are you excited for me? I am very excited for you. That's been something she and I never had. One reason why I thought of adoption is because I knew I wasn't ready to be a single mom. I've watched my mom go through it, and I've seen her struggle about money and making sure that we had everything we needed, food, diapers, clothing, and just watching her do that, it was very hard, and I don't want to. I couldn't do it. There's a lot of people in this world who need a child, want a child, and she's just a crazy good mom, and she was mature enough to realize that. I'm doing the right thing for the baby and for me. For a journey for a child, but it's a journey for me too. It's a relief. It's honestly a relief. It's a relief to find that you're getting something right. And it's a joyful, joyful feeling. continue uh, before we start closing out, I mean, I'll pull some information about adopted persons. I mean, you have uh, on here Dave Thomas, uh, the founder and chairman of Wendy's, who was uh, was adopted a child, run DMC, Faith Daniels, a news anchor. Uh, you have uh, John Hancock, uh, Jesse Jackson, Larry Addison, who was the chairman of Oracle, Stephen Jobs, I was surprised to see Nancy Reagan, Nat King Cole, President Gerald Ford, uh, William Clinton, and adopt the parents. I mean, across the board, it's hard to believe you have that man who was a, uh, the entertainer, uh, Brooke Shields is adopted parent, Chris Christopherson, the singer Marie Osmond adopted, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jane Winan, Jane Fonda, and the list goes on, Tom Cruise, and so forth. So it's it's kind of amazing of seeing um, the children who are adopted, who's big and famous beyond anybody's uh, uh, expectation, and uh, they, I guess, adjusted to society, and and I mean they excel beyond more normal people normally will do. But it's kind of uh, it's easy to see between both sides, the adopted and adopted parents, who actually you make that connection of who the adopted child is. In closing about the, the process itself, anything you'd like to add about Gladney and why your, your program is so successful nationwide? I think that, you know, one of the things that I think sets Gladney apart is the staff. I mean, the, pe- the, the people that work at Gladney truly care about all the clients that we work with, and we really hold their hands through every part of the adoption journey. And so... For the people that work at Gladney, this is not a job, it's a mission. And I, I really do think that's the difference and the fact that we've been around for over 125 years. So if you know anyone that is struggling with an unplanned pregnancy or infertility, please know that Gladney is here for them, and we would love to, to be able to help them and be a resource for you. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your to your listeners, Tim. Thank you so much. Great. I really appreciate it. Now, just to recap real quick, I think you mentioned earlier, you had from 11 years old to 45. Yes. Wow. So, and um, you, you know, the accommodations are really nice, and 
Um, and is this the only location in, in Fort Worth, or are there other dorms around the country? This is the only we um, the only dorm is in Fort Worth. So if if someone is experiencing an unplanned pregnancy and wants to live in the dorm, they have they need to come to Fort Worth. But we can also work with them in their own community and and help them with their living expenses for their apartment, for their food, anything like that. But Gladney will will certainly help them if they want to come here. Okay, and also if a um, person who uh, become pregnant and is considering that, uh, how can they contact you? Uh, they can contact us by um, either calling 1-800-GLADNEY, and that's 1-800-452-3639, or they can log on to our website, gladney.org. Okay. And that telephone number again is? Is 1-800-GLADNEY, and that breaks down to 452-3639. Okay. And the website, your main website for parents who are looking to adopt? Yeah, is, go ahead. Uh, this website is good for both adoptive parents and for birth mothers, and it's gladney.org, G-L-A-D-N-E-Y dot O-R-G. Okay. And also, I also have uh, some information. Uh, you have adoption loans that are available through, I'm looking at one particular flyer, said uh, Americans Christians Credit Union. Walk yes. low rates as well, and also a lot of the credit unions and banks will finance the cost of adoption. Do you know if there? And sometimes even employers. Um, oh, wow. There are lots of employers that can help subsidize the cost for adoption, and of course we have our United States tax credit that is amazing. Okay, and tell us about the tax credit. Well, um, a few years ago, um, President Bush passed the um, adoption tax credit law, so people who are adopting at the end of their adoption process um, can submit to the U.S. government at tax time the cost for their adoptions, and um, a big portion of that can be reimbursed. And it's it's different for different people depending on the circumstances, but that information is also on our website. Okay, and there's a tax credit up to, what, thirteen or 14000 from last yes. year? Yes. Okay. But it was only good for the, the prior two tax returns, uh, 2010 and 2011. Yes. Okay, um, and also there are grants that I think you can just search through the Google, and there mm -hmm. are other agencies can uh, can give a person a hand. But again, I really thank you for joining the broadcast today. And again, you can reach out to Gladney if you're looking for uh, a real good agency to go with. Uh, also, if you a mother who's considering putting a child for adoption. You also can give uh, Gladney a call. And that website, again, is the Gladney for Gladney? Gladney dot, yeah, Gladney.org or 1-800-GLADNEY. Great. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time and talking to us today. And Thank if you need any information, just look at the website or just give her a call. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a great, great day. day. Thank you for joining the program. program. It's, it's been another, another episode of Apple Capital. Apple Apple Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.